Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Deep Dive Astrography. I know it's been a while. Things happen. Life happens. But we're back. We're talking. And hopefully we'll be back with even more. Today, once again, as per usual, I am joined by Marcus Rar. How are you, sir? Hello, Mr. Aaron Price. I am absolutely delightful. The reason why we took a mini hiatus was actually entirely 100% because of me. I moved towns. I uh, said fuck it to my old life, quit my old job, moved to a new town, got a new job doing the same thing, and everything's all Gucci. I'm closer to APOC. What more could you possibly ask for? Which I just revealed my location accidentally yet again. <laughs> it happens. So now, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I now, mean, you say you're in APOC. Everyone's going to find you anyways. Well, I mean, there's a couple surrounding cities. I could have been from any one of them. Yeah, but they can just wait around where APOC are. and Or just lurk you. my public Facebook. That's not... That would also work. blocked at all. <laughs> On the note of knowing where bands are from, where are Beyond Creation from? I believe South Africa. I forget what state exactly. Um, do you know what state they're from? No, no. No, my geography is whack. Mine too. I believe it's called Quebec, Montreal. Um, the luscious South African city of Quebec, Montreal. Montreal, Quebec. <laughs> no, they're actually Canadian for those who think I was serious. I'd be impressed if there was a Montreal, Quebec in South Africa, to be fair. But I'd yes, be really beyond creation, the premier tech death band currently coming out of uh coming out of canada yeah it might be one of the hottest newest bands from that general scene and definitely probably one of the bigger ones because they play some pretty mean shows don't they they do they do i've seen this band so many fucking times at this point oh, yeah. just because well having lived in canada and not in quebec but near quebec they came through constantly but yeah uh their first album the aura came out well 10 years ago actually so it's kind of fitting yeah and what are your thoughts yeah the aura might be my favorite work of theirs quite honestly i think the thing about the aura that uh i really appreciate is it's a really fine balance between the techier and the progier side of this band i think the more this band went on the more they kind of doubled down on the um the prog aesthetics which i do like but for very different reasons but for me the aura is just really really straight ahead every song's incredibly catchy i i fucking love this thing i think it's um definitely a classic in the genre what about you i really like it i don't like it as much as most people seem to uh it's not my favorite beyond creation album but it's good. It's definitely their loosest album. They really tighten up as they progress. But yeah, I mean, it is revered as the best Beyond Creation album. Yeah, and I, I think the reason why is probably just because of the scene that it was introduced in. And I think like if you're really immersed in the more tech death world, that's probably more within your taste anyways i know what you mean about it being the loosest one because it definitely has like i don't want to say a young band kind of aesthetic because that's not really the way i want to describe it but it has that energy 
it's a lot faster and it's a lot more um a lot more go 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 whereas i feel like the um other two albums are a lot more of a patient listen so they're really different experiences and also this one's probably the least album oriented experience which is still saying a lot because i think like the set list here is like really really cohesive yeah the the song list here it does feature the the band's original demo all re-recorded um no request for the corrupted injustice revealed uh social disability plus obviously the most listened to song of theirs in their discography omnipresent perception mm-hmm which is a hilarious music video if you haven't seen it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Would you say their initial success comes from that video? Yeah, I think it does. I think it's because like a lot of more independent death metal bands weren't really doing too many music videos, right? I think it's one of those things where it was just the song was just so good that that, that video went viral, especially because it came out, you know, at a different time in the YouTube landscape, right? It's not like it's coming out now or like, you know, YouTube is you, this weird, weird hub, you know, from like all these publications and whatnot, right? It was just such a different time back then. And I think that's a huge part of it. Because like, everyone remembers that video from just like going on their late night YouTube, you know, clicking on links to clicking on links kind of rabbit holes. Yeah. The, the main thing that caught me when I originally saw it was actually from Dying Fetus's Kill Your Mother, Rape Your Dog video. Mm. and it's the whole reason i clicked on it was because the video actually had the exact same vibe it they're 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 both just these outdoorsy like just fuck it let's just plop everything down here and play that's that's all the video is really well it's funny about the uh omnipresent perception video is that like it create it does break the most cardinal sin of filming is no static angles when you're doing a music video and i will say i totally appreciate it because like independent music videos are totally like a mixed bag of quality i don't really like take that stuff overly seriously but just like so funny because you'll see on even on the next album the music videos are way more professionally done and way more like up to snuff yeah the interesting thing um Beyond Creation only actually have two songs on Spotify that surpassed the 1 million stream mark. Yeah. And Omnipresent Perception, obviously their highest streamed, actually almost breaking the 2 million mark. What was the other one? Sorry. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not for a little while. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. And then, yeah, their third highest is Coexistence, but it's like a third of the amount of streams, which is wild you know omnipresent perception is like a certified genre banger it is like if you had to make like a uh, quintessential playlist of just songs from every band that really like if you had to show a new person tech death i think it's a really good place to start because of how it blends elements from other genres and whatnot so organically and like what's cool about omnipresent perception is every single riff is incredibly catchy every riff is 10 out of 10 and there's a lot of like rhythmic stuff involved nothing it doesn't really overbear its audience and i think that's why people you know just like this album in general is that like it is a tech death album for the most part but it doesn't really bog down the listener with that kind of like tech death busyness 
yeah. it's a lot more chilled out and matured. Which is much, I think that's why it's also such a great debut album, right? There's a lot of maturity on this thing. It's not it doesn't feel like amateurishly written or anything like that. Yeah, but like you mentioned before, this does feel the most tech death of the albums as well, though. It, there is a lot of like no holding back in a lot of the songs. Um, one thing I do like, the album does have incredible transition between the songs. Yeah. The way these songs all blend, like the way they actually blend together is great. The only issue I have is the second half of the album does start to fall off a little bit. It's a little front loaded. Yeah. I, think. I, I would agree with that. Because um, all the songs on the first half of the album, I actually remember a lot better than the second half. Yeah. Which For me, is it's kind of, sorry, after the fifth track, which is Injustice Revealed, I start to peter off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you do get into social disability, which if, for anyone who was a fan and around, obviously, Quebec at the time and knows the demo, or, you know, is an old school fan and knows the demo, you might pick back up there. But, yeah, as a whole, the second half of the album, it doesn't quite have the same flow. Yeah, yeah. And then that's kind of like what I was saying before, where it's not as cohesive as an album experience compared to you know, the other two works is because of like the way it's kind of front loaded. Um, I don't really mind that it is because one of those things were actually when I was re-listening to this album for our discussion, I actually did kind of put on the second half because I was like, I don't really remember this half as much. And I don't think any of the songs on here are particularly worse than any other songs. But I think just the issue is like the bangers are just all spaced in the beginning, right? Like Every yeah, yeah. song on the first half of the album, I would really, really like to hear again, like live. And even that instrumental, that third track there, Chromatic Horizon, is probably one of my favorite instrumentals ever. And actually uh, heavily inspired an APOC song that I wrote that's on the upcoming EP. Shameless self-plug. It is. It is. <laughs> I don't want to say I uh, ripped it off, but I listened to a lot of Chromatic Horizon and these riffs came out. I was like, oh man, what a weird coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I have noticed um, I've only seen Beyond Creation on the touring cycle for the second album. So, oh, okay. so I never, I've not seen them for the new album yet. And I, it was a fair bit after um, Earthborn Evolution had started making the rounds. And but I have noticed that they don't really play a whole lot off of Diora outside of you know the bangers, yeah. And it's all songs that are in the first half of the album, yeah. I think this is what they're trying to represent themselves as now, too. And also, you can tell by even the bands that they're associating with, too. Actually, the first time I uh saw Beyond Creation, if I'm not mistaken, was maybe a year or two after this one came out but before earthborn evolution i believe the tour was like cannibal corpse napalm death beyond creation and some other blokes oh metal alliance tour was that metal alliance uh, i believe so oh wow okay well there you go um is it the metal alliance or summer that. slaughter yeah but um but i think that's so interesting though too right to like <laughs> beyond creation open up for like napalm death and cannibal corpse i think um i i, re- I appreciate it at the time because i i liked all those bands at the time um i think it's one of those things where it's just you know 
this album really blew the fuck up and so they, they didn't have that opportunity to tour with such legacy bands right off the gate you know yeah yeah because every time i've seen them has been on a headline slot and it's always with canadian local bands yeah like either locus of, the them or locus of the area yeah yeah, like, I've seen them play with um un- unhuman and yep. stuff like that in the past. And when they've come around to some really nice venues and some, you know, smaller venues too, I've seen them play in a couple different towns actually. Same. Yeah. Toronto. I've seen them in Kitchener. And I've seen them in uh Hamilton. Me too, actually. I was at the Hamilton show. That's so funny. Fancy. I sp- I think I spent a lot of that show just sitting upstairs because I just could not get into unhuman. maybe we should talk about them someday that's an interesting band maybe (laughs) any particular standout songs on the aura for you chromatic horizon no request for the corrupted coexistence omnipresent perception i'm sorry i just named the whole first half (laughs) i'm sorry yeah actually social disability too i do encourage people to uh listen to that even like the closing track to the port it's pretty cool yeah. It's long, but it's it's really cool. The Deported cool is one there. that they do play live. That is that is a classic live song for them. So I will give them that. Um, yeah, no oh, request I, for the corrupted, definitely. I kind of forgot to mention earlier is that what I really appreciate about this album is how like the song lengths are all over the place, but um, no song feels like it really overstays its welcome. Like I didn't realize that. I'm looking at the track listing. I didn't realize that coexistence was like seven and a half minutes long because it really doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, coexistence is great. Um, obviously, omnipresent perception is basically a staple of the genre at this point, like you mentioned. But yeah, no request yeah, uh, for the corrupted stands out as as the song on this album for me, and I would I would love yeah. if they threw that back in the set list. Yeah, well, what's really cool about this album too is like even though it's a tech death album, it really does like to hang out in that mid tempo range. Yeah, a lot of like you know, a lot of like rhythmic passages too. Like, I really want to make that abundantly clear to you. Like, even though it was like a techie album, there's a lot of like rhythmic stuff going on. Whereas a lot of tech uh, tech death is just kind of like really long strings of riffs with no real pause. There's a lot of like held notes over the bar line and stuff like that. Like a lot of balance to it. So it has like very much of like I don't want to say a gent or deathcore kind of vibe, but there are definitely moments of that. Like even the solo section of um omnipresent perception when that really dissonant guitar solo comes in they're kind of like chucking like a tritone which kind of has like a deathcore kind of vibe and it's like <laughs> the drummer's doing a slow beat and like the whole album is like littered with moments like that and even the intro to um injustice revealed is like all rhythm on a bass and the drum is matching that rhythm it's really cool yeah yeah exactly on a note of how big this album actually made them and them moving away from the tech death side three years after the aura the band signed with season of mist records and brought out earthborn evolution yes they did and this was my proper introduction to the band and i fell in love with his album like instantly it's actually funny you mentioned that I slept on until I was an adult. Oof. Yeah, dude. And my friend made fun of me for that too, because I, I was really into the aura because it was relevant 
and then for some reason i just forgot this band existed even though i saw them play live i just didn't look up their set list so i was hearing these songs not even thinking about it like a big old dumbass and then like at the tender age of 23 i actually like listened to these albums proper and i was like oh my god earthburn evolution is like so fucking good I kind of go back and forth, actually, between this one and the aura as far as, like, my favorite. So I know I just kind of said the aura (laughs) was my favorite. I don't really know how much water that holds because Earthborn Evolution scratches a really different itch. But I'd say it's equally competent in its execution. How much would you say that changing drummers changed the sound for this album? For me, it's the composition actually more than the drumming i think the drumming i actually didn't even know it was a different drummer yep this is where this is where philippe comes in but needless to say like the performance on drums for this band has always been stellar oh yeah so i think abundant i just think like you know on a more guitar oriented kind of direction i think this one really like doubles down on more of the prog stuff and that's why i kind yep. of noticed the change a little bit more i was really focused on like oh man they're playing like different passages here a lot more clean guitars on Earthborn Evolution. Yeah, which does make the production feel more clean itself. The production I, is tighter, just yeah, overall, I think. I, you know? see, I'm not even sure that's actually the case. It's just, I think it's the fact that, like you said, they do have more cleaning guitar. It is a much more proggy album than it is tech. And it just, it feels more whole as an album. It feels, there's less void for everything else when there's constant shredding yeah yeah i think the shredding that's even on here is actually much better too oh it's excellent like Um, the guitar players of this band like um uh what's his face simon and kevin like oh my god they're such a crazy guitar duo i think like their uh their guitar solos are just like so well paced and really really again like matured is the word i want to use like they're really good at like making an actual story out of their guitar solos i think it's just incredible what they do with that yeah and simon's way of like the fact that you can play this and do his vocals at the same time is absolutely ridiculous it's pretty crazy (laughs) like it's 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 not human he's doing a lot of things where he's also like tapping a lot while he's singing which is always like an impressive feat like yeah. don't get me wrong it was impressive on the first album but i think this one's a little bit more impressive just because it is like it's more rhythmically oriented and you know doing a constant string of eighth notes while singing for all you musicians out there is a little bit easier to do but when you're doing that and doing a little bit more complex rhythmic kind of stuff of like held notes over the bar line where like you know the vocals doing an independent rhythm over top of the guitar rhythm that it just it's it's a lot a lot a lot a lot of content and like depth one thing that we actually didn't touch on was the band's use of fretless bass. Mm. And Dominic yeah. Lapointe. Yeah, that man is a master of what he does. And the fretless bass in these songs works so incredibly well. I actually think they work better in Earthborn Evolution because it gives it more of that, a, a bit more life yeah it's actually what i was going to say even about the aura but we were we, we forgot to bring that up was i actually think like his bass lines even in the context of more of the tech here stuff they stood out really well but yeah you're right because this has a lot more rhythmic space it actually does let the music breathe and that these passages kind of come out a bit more 
gets not overbeared by all this like really fast drumming and you know eighth note kind of guitar kind of stuff yeah yeah and he like he does a lot of intros and outros to different riffs with with the bass and it sounds distinguished and it doesn't have to be over the top or anything special it's just the way it's played and in in the matter that that it's done works incredibly well this technique is basically impeccable which really helps just the overall sound but i think also too it's also a testament to like just the mixing on this album and even just the overall production where the frequencies are balanced right because like for those who don't know um fretless bass is kind of a wily instrument to work in a metal context like obviously a lot of bands do it but you kind of have to know what you're doing because they are such bizarre instruments and you have to like you know scoop your frequencies in a weird way for it to cut through really nicely and this thing is just it really just takes up a lot of the mix but not in a way that's like abrasive or fucked up it's it's really nice actually it it kind of like really helps the whole blended guitar sound you know so how do you feel about the flow of the album it's much more of an album yeah um, in a more like you know presentational sense right like this i actually would say this and algorithm are much more of uh, albums that kind of demand your attention in the sense that like I don't really listen to this album Scattershot whereas the Aura I might pick and choose like bits and pieces this one I, I, I try to listen to the whole thing in one sitting around at the very least I'll start from the top and just see how far I kind of go but I think uh, this album doesn't have that front loaded issue I've noticed, like, I think it is, like, ever so slightly front-loaded, but we're talking by, like, such a 55-45 ratio that's, like, not even worth really harping on. Yeah. I think some of my favorite tracks are towards the beginning, but um, one of my favorite tracks are actually towards the end, like, Theatrical Delirium and Fundamental Process are the last two tracks on this thing, and I fucking adore them. Yeah, and thankfully, again, those two have become... Uh, live staples for the band as well um, yeah like you said not exactly front loaded it is a little bit like a touch but once you're basically once you're past like uh, abstract dialogue which is it's an instrumental it, it can throw some people off a little bit but uh, yeah the axiom theatrical delirium uh, fundamental all all great songs that do work for the album yeah, i'm actually not crazy about abstract dialogue honestly I, or sorry abstract dialogue I, I tend to skip it when i'm going through this one yeah and again it fizzle it, out a little bit and the axiom kind of picks things up for me a bit i have this kind of the point is it's that that palette cleanser right in the middle it's short yes. but yeah it works I think it works better at like in the live context. Like if they were playing this entire thing front to back in a set list, I would love to hear abstract dialogue. Um, just in the context of the album, I just don't think it's as exciting as like the songs that also sandwich the thing too, right? Like yeah, uh, neurotical transmissions and the axiom, like I just think are just so much more exciting. And so that kind of brings it down like by an absolute like touch but not really enough for me to care. Like, I don't think it really detracts from it. And like I was saying too about the previous work is that 
the song lengths on this album are actually like a bit all over the place, anywhere from two minutes to like seven and a half minutes. Um, but there's a lot of like four minute, three minute, five minute tracks on here. So that's actually kind of what I like about it is that they really know when to wrap up a song or when to let a song develop a bit more. Yeah. A lot yeah. of really good taste was thrown into the compositions on this thing. And that's why I think it's just like so fucking cool. Yeah, it does sit at about a little bit more than 46 minutes. It's actually their shortest album, but it's uh, it's some incredible work. I think also maybe that's why it might be a lot of people's favorites too, right? Just because it is like just so well paced, never overstates its welcome even for a little bit. Yeah. Any uh, Any favorite songs off this one? So I really like the last two tracks, Theatrical Delirium and Fundamental Process, but I love the first track on here, the opener, Elusive Reverence, I think is just awesome. And even the title track too is actually one of my uh, favorite tracks of theirs. My only issue with, uh, with Elusive Reverence is the fact that Sulalo de Emperor is actually my favorite track on this album. So I just kind of oh. want to get to it. And then a close second would be the title track which is the third song on the album. Absolutely awesome. So, track, uh, by the way, I love this thing. Yeah. And it's the, the pacing and the tempo and, and the melodicness to Simon's vocals in that song is absolutely ace. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Less instrumentals on this thing too. There's only two instrumentals or sorry, one instrumental, whereas the first album had two. So that's yeah. interesting, you know? And then four years after this one, they had three instrumentals. They did. They yeah. Did. They with, sure did. With algorithm. They also made a change to the lineup. Dominic LaPointe left and they brought in Hugo. Oh man, I'm going to fuck his last <laughs> name. Hugo Doyon Carew, who uh, yeah. continues to play the fretless bass. He blends in really well, eh? Like, their styles are very, very similar in the context of this band. It also, I mean, to, it helps out that every time I've seen this band has been with Hugo. Yeah, me as well. No, and that's a lie. I took that back. So, uh, yeah, the uh, he, he had a lot of time to fit in and learn how Dominic plays. Playing, you know some songs off the aura and a lot of um, earthborn evolution night after night learning it all learning how it works and making it his own that is one thing i do appreciate that he he did do live yeah absolutely and um it's really hard to compare the two bass players honestly because i think they're just like so top of the game as far as like <laughs> fretless tech death bass players too which i think is just so interesting that like they were get they were able to get two of the greatest fretless bass players like pretty much ever in the genre just like insane <laughs> in their discography that's just so cool to me so they went in algorithm yep um yep. not really my favorite honestly i uh i sometimes struggle to finish this thing off when i put it on so here's the thing about algorithm and it's it's one thing i noticed like i've i listened to this album plenty it's been out for three years now yeah. big fan of beyond creation all that kind of stuff so I, I obviously gave it its fair due going back to it i started to notice it's a lot like the faceless in the sense that it's very cold it's a very cold and calculated uh, album 
Yeah, I, I could see why I'd say that. I think also the album art is kind of emblematic of that too. It's like this very muted, dark, grayish blue kind of thing going on. Yeah. I think that's maybe that's part of what that musical concept maybe was. Like, you know, as I think for me is um, the songs are just so much progier on this one. And these songs really take their time to develop. I don't really think this album actually is a banger album. I think it's like, I think it's definitely, you know, a lot like Earthborn Evolution in the sense that uh, it, it really does demand your attention. It really wants you to listen to the, you know, the thing front to back. It just, I don't really know if it reaches the highs for me. It's just kind of my overall complaint more yeah. than the actual song itself. Cause I think the song is actually like really, you know, like the songs on here are pretty cool. I just don't like none of my favorites are on here, honestly. So the thing is, if you, if you don't include the intro track disenthrall and yeah. you get rid of track six that I'm not going to try and pronounce because it's all French and my French is rusty as shit. That only takes out three minutes, a little bit more than three minutes from this album. Mm-hmm. which means the other eight tracks make up almost 50 minutes. These are some yeah. long songs yeah. that have a lot of building to them. And that's kind of my, my, my actually my complaint here is that it builds up a lot. I just don't know if it ever reaches the peaks. It really yeah. demands your attention though. Like it's a patient ass listen. You, you really got to like, <laughs> you really got to sit down for this one and just like take it at face value. Yeah, it's very clinical as well. Uh, every song, you know when it's starting and you know when it's ending. There's no real blending between the songs. It's just, here's the song, here it is, it's over, here's the next song. Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that, I, I would say, yeah. Um, yeah, what, what's your overall impression on this thing? Like, how, do you, how do you think it stacks up? It's when I have to be in the mood to listen to. Um, yeah, yeah, big time. I say I would say I bounce between this one and the aura more. Um, it's basically either I'm in the mood for one or I'm in the mood the other for the other, whereas I'm always ready to listen to Earthborn Evolution. Ah, I dig it. Sure, sure. But yeah, it is like you said, this one you, you have to be ready for it. It's it's not something you can just turn on it's not you're, it's not something that's going to have these songs that you put into a playlist this is an album that you're going to decide i'm listening to this album today and you're going front to back yeah yeah and that's that's the thing about it too is that the songs are much slower i think than earthborn evolution yeah like there are blasty bits there are death metally bits don't get me like don't get it twisted or anything it's just like it's just not really what this album is about. A lot more like tappy, clean guitar kind of vibe to it. And uh, but I think as a result, some of the guitar solos on here are fucking awesome. And you know, actually, my favorite song on here is actually the shortest song in Adversity. Same. Yeah, because it's so <laughs> exciting. Because it's like, oh my god, and that intro riff is just like really heavy. Like I just think maybe if the album had a couple more moments of that, I'm just yeah. like something as exciting as that intro riff, I'd probably like it probably as much as earthborn it just, it just doesn't yeah it just kind of dabbles in the in the cleans a little bit too much like the clean guitars rather and you know the slower tempos and yeah because that's very gloomy and almost like a winter kind of album right where it's like if it's a snow day you put this thing on <laughs> yeah like the notes that i have written down is, is it's very spacey it's very 
dissonant and and sci-fi you know it, it's just cold like you said it's yeah. and uh yeah i like like in adversity absolutely killer like that is the most extreme song on this album and nothing comes close to that level of extremity throughout the rest of it it is also kind of what i respect sorry i keep going i was just gonna say it's, it's just this is definitely going to be the album that tests test fans and what whether or not they're actually going to get into this or not um, I don't know how much, obviously it's been out for three years, it, it's pre-pandemic, so I'm not really sure how much uh, Beyond Creation actually play out of this album anymore. Quite a bit. Oh, yeah. sorry, you mean anymore, because like when I saw them in 20, 2019, they played quite a few songs off of here. Like if I remember correctly, they played um, Entree, Suffrage, Amir, <laughs> I'm sorry for my awful pronunciation services echo ethereal kingdom i'm pretty sure i've heard the aversion live sorry the inversion my mistake live um if i'm not mistaken they they tend to play quite a few songs off of this i guess it's also because it was still you know new at the time i'd be but yeah. i'd be curious to see like you know again if they were to play tomorrow what they would like to throw in for a set list i think i think what's cool about having this set list of weirder songs though though is that i think it'll make for a better live show the tour i saw them play this album they actually played the whole thing live was that the uh the inanimate existence tour maybe memory's a bit <laughs> hazy here i uh, i'm pretty sure i was really high when they were playing <laughs> so yeah yeah it looks like like after that they toured over in Europe here and uh, like basically had to an- end the tour because we went into the pandemic. That's how recently they had played. Um, wow. But yeah, they were playing quite a bit off, off of algorithm still. But again, that is because it's the first tour that, uh, that they got to do both there and here with, with this album. So it will be interesting to see what happens going into you know, post-pandemic touring again and uh, see how much they still include. Yeah, big time. But um, like, like I was saying, that's kind of what I what I like about this, though, is that because it does kind of give them an option to kind of pull from a couple different sounds. So when we do get to see them live, they could really space out some of the more intense songs with something a bit slower and a bit more ethereal. I guess yeah. kind of the word I want to use to describe this album is that it's ethereal. And I think you said the word spacey earlier, and I think that really really gets down to what this album is it's spacey man yeah. <laughs> it is some third eye opening nerd shit <laughs> like you know what i mean but in adversity live will be insane <laughs> oh oh yeah oh yeah that, that's so, where the mosh pits happen and <laughs> yeah so you'll you'll have these these spacey songs where everyone chills out everyone just stares and then you'll have shit like in adversity you'll have you know omnipresent perception stuck in there and coexistence and uh yeah entrees the fraud actually like pretty bangable yeah pretty bangerish (laughs) song i i think that one translates really well live and um i I think even like ethereal kingdom and stuff like that is really good live too it's just you know as the album 
experience, right? It's just, it just kind of comes off differently because you're, you're so focused on it. Whereas at least like in the context of seeing us in a club, I, uh, I have all these, like, I'm still amazed by the fact that like this band is in front of me and there's lights happening and a smoke machine more likely than not. And I'm with my, I'm with my homies. So it's easier to immerse yourself when you're in like that kind of area. Whereas like, if I'm, you know, like walking down the street with headphones on, (laughs) I don't know if this is like, you know, I'm definitely not going to jog this album, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is not, this is very much a sitting at home in your bed, just staring at the wall kind of album and not a casual listening album. It's still an incredible work of art. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, ripping on it. Oh yeah. I think it's a goddamn masterpiece by many standards. Yeah, it's definitely one that that you need to sit with. You need to you need to be ready for, and it'll probably take a few tries to get into. But if you like the rest of the band's discography, you're going to like this. I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. No, know? that's the thing about it too. Whereas at least I feel like if I were to show the first two records to a newcomer to this group, it would be a little bit easier to get them immersed. And you kind of like I think even like after whatever their next project is. I would probably go back and, you know, have some more advice for it's like, go back to algorithm if you are a real fan of some stuff, right? Like, it's yeah. just not for everybody, I think, is like maybe my issue for it. And I think just even as far as like my tastes go, what I kind of expect. It was kind of cool about it, though, is like, if you think the first two albums sound like very contemporary sounding music, this I think really takes the cake on that one. Like if you really want to stretch what death metal is as a concept, I think look no further. Yeah. Which is actually why conceptually I respect this thing so much. I think it's so cool. Like what they're able to actually do with death metal as an idea. So besides adversity, any other uh, standout songs for you? Anything else that's that you would class as a favorite? Entrance of Fraud is really the only one that I would, you know, kind of go back to because I think that one's like really exciting. You know, the Afterlife, I uh, I wish I liked it more. I think it is one of the better tracks, though. I just don't know if it's my favorite closer on their discography. I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah, they have two exceptional closers before this, so. It's a really good song. I don't. I, again, I I, may, I I feel like I'm sounding really hard on this thing, but I, I I could see why like you know people might not like this honestly. Yeah, yeah, I I can absolutely understand why. Like you said, this isn't the album that's going to change minds. If you say you you don't like Beyond Creation, this isn't the album to show somebody. Most likely, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, as a whole this is an album for beyond creation fans and it's to give them a different perspective on the band and what they're able to do. Hopefully in, in album number four, they're able to mesh the two together, find a good flow between the two and same with their, their live shows, find, find a good flow across all their albums, as opposed to just focusing on one album specifically. But I don't know how easy that is to do for them because their songs are fucking ridiculous. You know, it's actually funny about like Beyond Creation too. Is I think in my brain at least they've inspired a lot of copycat bands. And I don't want to make like you know be an asshole about it, but there's definitely I've heard definitely heard some bands. I'm like, man, this sounds a lot like Earthborn Evolution era and like um the Aura era Beyond Creation. And I would be really interested to see 
if anyone tries to copy some of the concepts on here but when people i find like when they make music that kind of reminds me of beyond creation it really is harping on more of the um exciting parts yeah like it's kind of like aping more so on their sense of rhythm and their you know their chord progressions and kind of like you know the patterns they like to use in their playing and i think this one will probably not really get copied so much because any imitation of like beyond creations algorithm would really be you know really off-putting which yeah. also like one thing that maybe we should add is like how unique this album is and just like in the genre sphere overall but yeah when i see people talk about this band on forums i tend to see earthborn evolution and aura come up i think aura maybe so much more because it is like the tight debut earthborn evolution because it's like the evolution of the sound and then I'm curious to see how uh, algorithm will stack up in the future when they put out some more material. Yeah, exactly. But as more stuff comes out, people might go back, realize that, you know, give this album the time of day it deserves and take it for what it is. Yeah. But yeah. Including myself, I, I'm going to have to give this one more. I, I, who knows? I might even change my mind about this thing like three weeks from now. The more I listen to it, the more I tend to like it. But you know any final thoughts on this album and beyond creation as a whole i would say they're essential i think yeah. uh algorithm is for the diehards for like the real fucking nerds <laughs> but i think uh, those first two are just like heavy music classics and i think even if it's not really your genre sphere i think like because they are such a relevant band and as far as like them playing music that's typically not that accessible they seem to have broken through in a really meaningful way and i think there is a lot of crossover interest you know from other metalheads and other genres to beyond creation i think it's just awesome yeah this is definitely one of the more modern day necessities when it comes to especially tech death and death metal as a whole but even as far as canadian music scene goes oh yeah Super but. happy that they're from Canada and it kind of like helps <laughs> reinvigorate and kind of puts, you know, continues to put Canada on the map. And, you know, with their international appeal, that's really cool because uh, a common fault of Canadian bands, or I guess like not a fault, but a common problem of Canadian bands is their appeal sometimes only is within Canada. Canadian bands get pretty big in Europe. It's weird. Oh, you're blowing my mind. I actually didn't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, Razor in Europe, Annihilator in Europe, Beyond Creation in Europe, all all pretty. I would say they probably all play bigger venues than they do across Canada. Oh, oh, there we go. I know that. Well, on the other side, across across the way, well, also across the pond from yeah. Beyond Creation, we have Insistent, a death grindcore band about werewolves. And their new album, Disease. Yeah. So uh, this is our indie pick. Well, my indie pick, I should say. Tell me, what, what did you think? I dumped this one on you and just told you to go at it. Yeah, you uh, you just said, hey, check this thing out. I was like, cool. And I heard the first couple seconds. I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I think it's a really cool album. Um. I'm not really the biggest grind fan, quite frankly. I really like what I really like to do, or sorry, what I really like in this kind of genre sphere is what I really like is the wall of sound kind of stuff. And I kind of like the hard 
core punk vibe kind of aesthetic and this is actually a really cool blend of like the death and the kind of the core kind of parts of it the core kind of comes from more of the wall of sound almost like kind of reminds me of like let's say like a nails or like you know the armed where it's like wall of sound style kind of just like taking up all the frequencies and it's like so demanding of your attention but it's all like death metal riffage and it's just loud as shit and it's it's very exciting um i never heard of this band until you showed me that they're actually rather small it looks like it seems like they're just rather new as well and um it's 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 cool stuff man like it's a it's a really good effort i think you know yeah they come out of uh well they kind of come out of czech they're from prague which is a bit different you don't really hear about many metal bands out of czech that i'm aware of not very much little Um, bands yeah my my favorite thing is uh this 13 song album it ends on a four minute song and the album is only 21 minutes long you talk about this a lot, don't we, Aaron? Yeah, we do. This is respecting I mean, the listeners' time. Exactly. And as soon as it's, I, <laughs> it's the most important thing. When you when you sent me this over, the first thing I do, I scroll to the bottom of the playlist and I say total runtime, and I'm like 22 minutes. Hot damn! I got 22 of those to spare. <laughs> <laughs> That's my walk to work. Oh, there, well, jokes on you. I don't walk to work. <laughs> I don't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh there you go <laughs> this is my work how many uh you could you could listen if you're working eight hour shift you could hypothetically listen to this album <laughs> almost 30 times in full yeah yeah pretty cool i really respect that um so here's, here's my thing about this album um if i could harp on it for a second i think the songs are a little samey um as in i don't really know when the songs begin or end <laughs> that's your loud core, though isn't it yeah i mean yeah you're right yeah i'm just talking shit you're right um <laughs> i don't remember a fucking thing <laughs> I, I remember putting this album on and being like whoa yeah exactly you, <laughs> and then you it's in, over you get out and then it's like well shit i didn't realize the first song ended it's literally like the mcdonald's of death metal where <laughs> i'm in a very specific mood for it where it's like damn i could really go for a mcdouble and then i ate five of them <laughs> and then i'm full afterwards this is basically what this is and you're like god damn it fuck why did i do that but they do it again <laughs> you know the short answer is because i really wanted to and that's exactly same goes, same goes with like this album it's um it's not particularly like grueling on your senses too, which I really like about it. Cause again, I'm not the, really the biggest Brian fan, um, yeah. it's, but this it, one did it for me. It again, does it have that of... wall of noise, like you said, but it's not excessive. It's not unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what it is too, is like, it's, it's wall of noise, but you can still hear the riffs. Yeah. And the riffs are actually like pretty good. I think a lot of the riffs here are like pretty earwormy and pretty catchy for the most part, even though I, like I said, I don't remember the things, but it's also, I think it's because it's the length of just like how in and out it goes. And like, I don't really know. I don't, wasn't really paying attention to when the, the song started. Over. I think I was like doing dishes or something and it was over. I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> um, well, actually what I really liked more specifically, um, the vocalist, I, I cannot pronounce his name. I believe it's, <laughs> Jiffy Boza Bozalik. I'm so sorry, Jiffy. I I really like your voice though. I think it sounds awesome on this stuff. 
Also, I just love how a guitar player, one of the guitar players is credited, or sorry, the guitar player is credited as Mr. Dan. Mr. Dan. As opposed to Mrs. Dan or whatever his last name might be. <laughs> Wise. Dan Wise. It's a, it's really cool stuff, man. Um, I hope these guys kind of garner more success. I haven't listened to their other stuff. How's a stack up to that? Uh, this one has, this one's a lot more listenable, I will say. They they only okay. have they have a split which is much more like a demo so you can guess how a grindcore demo goes. Sure, sure. And then they have their first album, which again, like it's it's maturing. This is definitely much more mature. But yeah, it's. I mean, if you like grindcore, it's definitely a grindcore album you should go to. If you're just looking for something fast and stupid and heavy, this is where you should go. Um, yeah, this was no further. Yeah, yeah, this is the album Disease by the Czech band Insistent, released in June, June 13th, 2021. So, not too and long if, um, ago, also independent release, too. So, I yeah. definitely want to give them credit for that. So, if you guys are so inclined, please check out. They actually do have like a couple pieces of merchandise. I believe they have hats, shirts, and physical prints of their music. I unfortunately don't know how these prices stack up because I actually don't know the value of the Czech currency. <laughs> when I was on their band, oh sorry, by the way, please look at this on Bandcamp because that's where you can find their merch. Um, obviously it streams on Spotify and wherever music is listened to. I don't know if this merch is expensive or not. I don't know anything about the currency over there. Aaron, do you have any insight on that since you live closer to them than uh, I do? Let's see. <laughs> Generally, if you click on it and then just pick your country, it'll tell you. Mm. So there you go. Uh, let's so see. You mentioned that because I was um, on the mobile version of Bandcamp and it actually like it didn't convert the currency for me. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> what's happening here? Yeah, the prices aren't too bad pretty uh pretty standard i would say especially for an independent band who oh, needs to print their own stuff and all that so yeah, yeah. definitely uh check this one out Let's definitely give these this newcomer band some love and attention because i think this is a really cool album and it sounds like it's their tightest release thus far and you know maybe the czech republic has some up-and-comers going on i don't really know too much about their metal scene over there so it's cool that um here I am in little old Canada and I uh, listen to this thing, you know? Yeah. It's pretty neato. I do say so myself. Do you know what else is neato? You tell. Everyone who listened and everyone oh, who's sucks. liked our Facebook and our Instagram and our Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I know it's been quiet because life happens and I ended up traveling and Marcus had to move and restart his life and have a little midlife crisis that he did quarter life and, uh, I'm, I'm really quarter. not that old <laughs> but yeah uh we appreciate you listening uh there's definitely more to come some uh some new new show ideas that that might pop up soon and yeah if you have anything you want to hear anyone you want us to talk about if you have a band and want us to talk about you just tell us we want to do it. We want to. We want to talk about you. I. I, I don't want to pick more bands. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, oh, before I go, I just want to. I'd be remiss to mention this that we're talking about kind of making this show in a shorter format. So if you guys like these more bite-sized kind of episodes and shorter discographies, you should definitely let us know if you prefer longer listens or shorter listens. Just kind of get a see where everyone's listening 
attention span is at because I think everyone differs in that regard and podcasts are definitely a different listen compared to let's say music yeah so we're trying to figure out the format of the show and what we want to do with some of the more you know some other show ideas we have that are under the uh, deep dive umbrella yeah and that doesn't mean we would cut out bands like Metallica or Slayer or anything like that who have a long discography it would just mean more episodes about them really and also just in general, as far as creators go and the listener, we if it takes us less time to get these together and less time for you to listen, we have a feeling it's good for everybody involved. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play with this one. We're gonna see what the outcome is. And we think we know what we're doing for the next episode. I'm not gonna spoil it in case I name drop a band that we're not talking about and get someone excited. Do it. We have name ideas. Drop. It's fine. Name drop. Um, is it the C word? Uh, it, it, it to whoever you name drop. Oh, I had two in mind. Name drop. Rivers of Nile or Cynic. Ooh. Rivers of Nile is quite topical, but I might wait till that new album comes out in September. Yeah, let's wait till September. Let's talk about Cynic. Fuck, I like Cynic a lot, and right. I pitched the idea. So there you go. And I also, I do have a indie pick as well. Ooh. Well, I guess you'll have to uh tune in hopefully next week for that one. But yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me again, Marcus. As always. And farewell all. Toodles.